to that event, it'd have to be Pink Floyd, I think. So uh, after seeing Roger Waters a couple of years ago at the uh, Verizon Amphitheater here in his show and when they did the Dark Side of the Moon and it was just one of the greatest performances I've ever seen, just completely mesmerizing. And I said, you know, I got to do a Pink Floyd feature and uh, coming up to this 40th anniversary, I said, well, I got to do it. And I got to tell you, it was uh, the most difficult one I've ever done because of the complexity of the music. And, you know, you could play 12 hours of Pink Floyd. But uh, I hope you enjoy my efforts and uh, how I put the music together. It's certainly not like listening to a Greatest Hits album, which is what I try not to do here. The music may be familiar, but I think I've put it together in a unique way and... Uh, Hope that uh, you appreciate that and enjoy it. So stick around for the next two hours. Pink Floyd is the premier space rock band, and since the mid-1960s, their music relentlessly tinkered with electronics and special effects to push pop formats to their outer limits. Well, at the same time, they uh, wrestled with lyrical themes and concepts of such massive scale that their music had taken on almost classical operatic quality in both the sound and the words. Well, despite their astral image, the group was brought down to earth in the mid-1980s by decidedly mundane power struggles over leadership and ultimately ownership of the band's very name. Well, after that time, they were little more than a classic rock act, capable of filling stadiums and topping the charts, but offering not much more than a spectacular re reincarnation and recreation of their most successful formulas. While Pink Floyd are mostly known for their grandiose concept albums of the 1970s and 80s, they started as a very different sort of psychedelic band. Soon after they first began playing together in the mid-1960s, they fell firmly under the leadership of lead guitarist Sid Barrett. He was a gifted genius who would write and sing most of the early material. The Cambridge native shared the stage with Roger Waters on bass, Rick Wright on keyboards, and Nick Mason on drums. And the name Pink Floyd, seemingly so far out, was actually derived from the first names of two obscure bluesmen, Pink Anderson and Floyd Council. And at first, Pink Floyd were much more conventional than the act into which they would eventually evolve, concentrating on the rock and R&B material that were so common to the repertoires of the mid-1960s British bands. Pink Floyd, our featured artist, we'll talk more about Pink Floyd. But first... How about a taste? It's a whole nother thing. This is Bob Goodman. If you didn't care What happened to me I didn't care For you We would zigzag away Through the bottom pain Occasionally glancing up through the rain Of the purpose to blame and watching for pigs on the wing. It is awfully considerate of you to think of me here, and I'm most obliged to you for making it clear that I'm not here. And I never knew the moon could be so big And I never knew the moon could be so blue And I'm grateful that you threw away my old shoes And brought me here instead dressed in red And I'm wondering who could be writing this song I 
Listener-supported FM 88.5 KSBR. Our featured artist this week, this uh, July 18th, 2009, 40th anniversary weekend of Apollo 11, featured artist Pink Floyd, who created a whole new genre of music we call uh, space rock. But they started much differently, didn't they? With the exception of Pigs on the Run and Pigs on the Wing from Animals, we listened to a bunch of early stuff, the uh, Sid Barrett era. There's two eras of Pink Floyd. There's the Sid Barrett era and there's the post-Sid Barrett era. Distinctly different, although Sid was taking them in that direction anyway. As you can hear, a couple of singles See Emily play in Arnold Lane, which were never released on albums until uh, the CD era, and they came out on a CD called Relics. And uh, the last song we heard has some kind of significance to me. It's uh, actually the first Pink Floyd song I ever heard. And uh, it's called The Nile Song. And the significance is... Uh, it was my first year of college, and I was living in an apartment building in uh, North Miami, going to Miami Day Junior College, and the apartment building was called Nile Gardens, and that was 40 years ago. <laughs> Seems like yesterday. Pink Floyd, the Nile song, and uh, pigs, uh, pigs on the Wing and Pigs on the Run, sandwiched around... Uh, Jug Band Blues, another Sid Barrett composition from their release Sorcerer Full of Secrets. Going back, Sid left the group for all intents and purposes in 1968. And uh, Sid passed away in 2007. But Sid, uh, according to most reports and things that I've seen over the years, uh, Never grew up after 1968, had some bad experiences with some psychedelic drugs and just became uh, a mere shell of himself. But uh, you can see the direction he took the group into as they emerged from top 40 and psychedelic into more spacious stuff. So we started the set with Pigs on the Run from Animals and Jug Band Blues was uh, the tune, Sid Barrett tune from Sorcerful of Secrets and Pigs on the Wing, of, of course, from Animals. And Wish You Were Here. What a great song. Wish You Were Here. David Gilmore on guitar. Arnold Lane and C. Emily Play. Our featured artist, Pink Floyd. This is a whole nother thing. My name is Bob Goodman. And uh, just want to remind you that Corazon de Vida is a local Southern California charity, and it's hosting a fundraising golf tournament to help feed orphans and homeless children throughout Baja, California. It'll take place Sunday, August 2nd at the Oak Creek Golf Course in Irvine, beginning at 1 p.m. If you'd like more details, please visit their website at Corazon de Vida, C-O-R-A-Z-O-N. D-E-V-I-D-A dot O-R-G or call 949-476-1144. This is listener-supported FM, 88.5 KSBR, or perhaps you're listening like thousands of listeners around the world on the uh, Internet. By the way, if you're a regular listener and uh, want to reach me, want to know about what's coming up in future weeks on a whole other thing, I have a fan page on fan on Facebook. Just uh, do a search for a whole nother thing fan group and uh, got well over a hundred people on there and uh, I'll post uh, videos and links and uh, upcoming events and invite you to uh, those upcoming events. So uh, check it out if you're on Facebook and who isn't these days, right? <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd quickly became uh, an experimental group. And they began to experiment, stretching out songs with wild instrumental 
kind of uh, what we called freak-out passages, incorporating feedback and electronic screeches and weird sounds created by loud amplification, reverb, and tricks as sliding ball bearings up and down guitar strings. In 1966, they began to pick up a following in the London Underground on stage, and they began to incorporate light shows, which uh, gave it more of a psychedelic effect. Most importantly, Sid Barrett began to compose pop psychedelic gems, which combined unusual psychedelic arrangements, particularly in the haunting guitar and celestial organ licks. There were catchy melodies and incisive lyrics that viewed the world with a sense of poetic, childlike wonder. The group landed a recording contract with EMI in early 1967 and quickly made the top 20 with the brilliant debut single, Arnold Lane. It was a sympathetic comic vignette about a transvestite. The follow-up, See Emily Play, made the top ten. And their debut album, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, also was released in 1967, was dominated almost wholly by Sid Barrett's songs. The album was a charming funhouse of driving mysterious rockers and odd character sketches, and even freakier pieces with lengthy instrumental passages, including Interstellar Overdrive, Power Touch, and Astronomy Domine. It snapped their fascination with space travel. And the record was not only like no other at the time, it was like no other that Pink Floyd would make. And it was colored as it was by a vision that was far more humorous and pop-friendly and lighthearted than those of their subsequent epics. Let's listen to some more of Pink Floyd on a whole nother thing.
Listener supported FM. 88.5 KSBR, our featured artist on his 40th anniversary weekend of Apollo 11. Progenitors of the genre of space rock, Pink Floyd. We just heard a cut from the double LP, one of the first two LP sets ever, along with uh, Chicago Transit Authority. Umagama, which uh, featured uh, one studio LP and one live LP, which consisted of uh, songs like the one we just heard, Careful with that axe, Eugene, conjuring up all kinds of images, I'm sure. Astronomy Domine, the uh, studio version, was also uh, available on the same uh, two-record set as uh, Careful with that axe. But for sake of time and originality, I chose the studio version from the uh, debut Piper at the Gates of Dawn. And we start the set with something from, you know, perhaps an overlooked Pink Floyd recording called Metal that was released 1971. I mean, a lot of this stuff pre-Dark Side of the Moon seems to uh, have gone unnoticed by uh, those that are not uh, the deepest of the deep Pink Floyd fans. And a tune called Fearless. This is listener-supported FM. We call this a whole nother thing. My name is Bob Goodman, and you and I, well, we do this every Saturday, don't we? We hang out. We listen to a lot of great tunes. Some of the stuff we just haven't heard in a long time, and some of the stuff perhaps not at all, and that's the whole key. There's no labels allowed here. We play anything as long as it's good, because that's what Duke Ellington said. He said, you know, there's only two kinds of music, man. There's good music and there's bad music. Well, here... On a whole nother thing, I choose to play only the good stuff. So thanks for sharing your Saturday with me once again, and we'll get back, talk a little bit more about Pink Floyd, and uh, play some more music on this uh, Saturday afternoon. It's uh, 86 degrees here in South Orange County, and uh believe it's going to even be a little bit warmer tomorrow. And uh, if you're going out, by the way, I almost forgot. Yeah, by the way, uh, by the way, <laughs> I lost my place here. It's, uh, as I said, 86 degrees and the weather for tomorrow, if, uh, you really care. Here in Southern California, it gets kind of boring, doesn't it? But tomorrow we're going to have more sunshine, some cloudy intervals and a high of 89. And looking ahead, uh, to next week, the work week, mostly sunny. And more of the same with highs in the mid-80s and overnight lows only in the low 60s. Right now, as I said, 86 degrees, and it's uh, a little bit warm here in the studio. Those of you that care and can do something about it, it's about 76 degrees, which is just a tad too warm. Why not wind down the summer with us at the third annual Morning Breeze Schmooze? This special event will take place Sunday evening, September 6th, at What a Dish Bistro, located in the Dana Marina Center at the corner of Golden Lantern and Dana Point Harbor Drive. You'll dine under the stars while serenaded by Morning Breeze musician Scarlett Rivera, Denise Young, John Luttrell, Corey Linnae Carruthers, and Jeff Oster and friends. Enjoy sumptuous foods by What a Dish, Mahi Restaurant, Two Guys Grilling, and Cake Creations by It's All About the Cake. Tickets including the concert, dinner and beverages are just $55 with proceeds going to listener-supported KSBR and the Morning Breeze. Special cruiser passes go for just $100 and include a pre-concert voyage aboard the tall ship Spirit of Dana Point, along with preferred parking and seating for the show. For more information or to purchase tickets online, go to ksbr.org. And I was uh, lucky enough to have been at last year's schmooze, and uh, it was fabulous. And don't miss out on the cruise. Uh, that's uh, almost the best part because there's musicians on the cruise, and uh, Jeff Oster was on the cruise and uh, playing his music while we uh, looked at whales and dolphins and all kinds of stuff. Probably no whales this time of year. I think that uh, 
window closed, but there's always, you know, schools of dolphins out there. And it's just a great day and a, you know, great people and, and of course the evening, the concert and the food and uh, everything. So if you haven't been on a schmooze and you know what our birthday bashers are like, same deal. You're going to enjoy it. The reason Pink Floyd never made a similar album to Piper at the Gates of Dawn was it was the only one to be recorded under Barrett's leadership. Around mid-1967, the prodigy began showing increasingly alarming signs of mental instability. Sid Barrett would go into catatonic onstage trances and play music that had little to do with what the rest of the band was playing. An American tour had to be cut short when he was barely able to function at all, let alone play the pop star game. Dependent upon Sid Barrett for most of their vision and material, the rest of the group was nevertheless finding him impossible to work with, live or in, live with or even in the studio. Around the beginning of 1968, guitarist David Gilmore, who was a friend of the band, was also from Cambridge, was brought in as a fifth member. The idea was that Gilmore would enable the Pink Floyd to continue as a live outfit. Barrett would still be able to write and contribute to the records. Well, that couldn't work either. Within a few months, Sid Barrett was out of the group altogether. Pink Floyd's management, meanwhile, looking at the wreckage of the band, without a lead guitarist and a lead singer and primary songwriter, decided, well, we're going to abandon this group, and they decided to manage Sid Barrett as a solo act. Well, incredibly, Pink Floyd would regroup and not only maintain their popularity, but eventually become even more successful. It was early in the game, yet after all, the first album had made the British top ten. But the group was still virtually unknown in America. And the loss of Sid Barrett meant absolutely nothing to the media. Gilmore was an excellent guitar player, and the band proved capable of writing enough original material to generate even further ambitious albums. Roger Waters eventually emerging as the dominant composer. Pink Floyd, our featured artist, will talk more about Pink.
KSBR Mission Viejo, California.